Welcome to God Mode, Living Life Undefeated. Join us each week as Pastor Chris delivers a message to encourage, challenge, and empower you to live life in God Mode. All messages can be listened to at www.godmode.life. Let's join today's message. Hey, welcome to God Mode. So glad you've tuned in this week. I'm so happy as we're in this series we've been in for the last few weeks. And um, I'm so grateful to hear so many good reports of all the different ways that God is using this message called the Christian Atheist to impact so many lives. And if you're just joining us, you may say, what in the world is a Christian Atheist? Well, we're defining a Christian atheist as someone who believes in God, but lives as if he does not exist. Someone who believes in God, but yet lives however they want, as if God does not really exist. We talked about believing in God, but not fearing him. We talked about believing in God, but not wanting to go overboard. And today, we're going to talk about those who believe in God, but do not want to trust him fully. We believe in God, but we don't want to trust him fully. How many of you would say honestly that you like to be in control? I mean, if I could see hands raised, I'm sure there would be a lot of hands raised to all of you who are listening. If you find yourself moved by maybe you're listening with somebody and you want to raise that hand of the person next to you, you you're probably a person who likes to be in control. I believe in God, but I don't want to surrender everything to him. I mean, there's some things that I still want to control. You know, to dive into our message today, I want to read you Deuteronomy 9, verse 23. Whenever God's people are about to cross the Jordan and go into the promised land, but God wanted them to understand they were not receiving this blessing because they were good. They were receiving it because God was good. Here's how the story goes. Verse 23. Go up and take possession of the land I have given you, but you have rebelled against the command of the Lord your God. You did not what? There's two things. You did not trust him or obey him. You did not trust God fully or do what he led you to do. You didn't trust him or you did not obey him. The problem for so many of us is that we have what I call a partially surrendered life. We're going to give God some parts of our life, but we're not going to trust him with everything. I mean, we're surrounded by people who are control freaks. And honestly, all of us are in some way. I mean, there are some of you, in fact, when it comes to what's on television or who has the possession of the remote, you have to be in charge. Yeah, there's those of you that got to be in control. There are others of you, you might know someone when it comes to where you're going to eat. We're going to go out and eat somewhere, but and somehow you always got to get your way. They always get their way when you're going to go and where you're going to go to eat. Or how about this? And this is probably none of you in this category, but I, I know my wife would say this is me in this category. When it comes to motor vehicles, there are some listening that you have to be in control. You have to be behind the wheel. If you're not behind the wheel, if you're in the passenger seat, you're judging the person driving the entire time. I mean, this trend really tends to bleed into our spiritual lives. 
There are things that are not hard for us to trust God with, and there are things that are impossible, it seems, to release to God. In fact, I want to read this passage of Scripture to you in Proverbs 3, verse 5 through 6. Now, this is the PSV version. The Bible says, trust in the Lord with how much? With some. No, no, with some of your heart and lean only on your understanding and some of your ways acknowledge him. And you, my friends, you can make your own path straight. That's Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 in the PS version, the partially surrendered version. I mean, you may be saying, Chris, that doesn't sound like the Bible. It's not. But the truth is, and this is going to sting, this is actually the passage of Scripture most of us live our lives by, but not the actual one. God, I'll give you some of my heart. God, I'll give you some things, but I'm not going to give you everything. In some way, that defines every single person listening to this message. I'll give you some of the things of my life, God, but I cannot give you everything. I can give you an hour on Sunday morning, but Friday and Saturday night, it's party time. That belongs to me, God. Give you an hour, but Friday and Saturday night, that's mine. God, I'll give you five minutes in the morning every day. The first of my day, God, I'll give you the first. But when it comes to money, I have to say, God, the first of my day, yes. First of my income, no way. God, I'm going to trust you with my salvation. I need your forgiveness. Frankly, I kind of want to go to heaven, but the kids, their present and their future, their agenda, that's set by me, God. That's mine. Here's the thing. God has a purpose for you, and you will never fully experience it if you're holding back. If you hold anything back from God, you are at a brick wall in your faith journey. You are. It even goes to the way that we think. God, I believe that you listen to their prayers, but I'm not convinced you hear mine. I believe that you're a God of grace, but sometimes I don't feel that the mercy applies to me. I'll trust you with some things. A Christian atheist, I believe you, God, but I cannot trust you completely. You know, I'm going to tell you about a guy, Charles Bloden. In June 30th of 1859, Charles is a tightrope walker and the very first person to cross Niagara Falls on a tightrope. I mean, this is 160 feet above just some pretty tumultuous water and about 1,100 feet in the distance, almost a quarter of a mile. It's an incredible feat. He tightroped across the Niagara Falls. I mean, everybody goes nuts. He's done it, it's accomplished, but now what? Well, he does it a second time. The second time he does it on stilts. Can you imagine walking across a tightrope? I mean, really at all, but much less than on stilts? The third time he's in a burlap sack like a hop race, right? The fourth time, it's not as impressive though. He walks out halfway. He literally standing over Niagara Falls. He kneels down and he cooks an omelet. I mean, this guy really needs some new hobbies. He cooks an omelet, he eats the omelet, he gets up, and he goes the rest of the way. The fifth time, he goes across this tightrope over Niagara Falls, pushing a wheelbarrow full of potatoes. He gets on the other side, and I'm guessing for the press, it's kind of like, okay, what else are you going to do? And one guy in the press is there, and he says, Charles, incredible, that's awesome. You know what? I bet you can do that with a person in the wheelbarrow. 
And Charles looks at him and says, I think you're right. Why don't you hop in? You know, I believe you can, but I don't believe you're you enough to actually get into the wheelbarrow, right? I mean, it's kind of like Peter. He gets out of the boat, steps into the waves and the wind, and we read stuff like that, and we're like, man, I want to have a miraculous life. I want to experience the power of God. But most of us are too freaked out to get out of the boat. My feet are never going to touch the water. I want to walk on water, but I'm not getting out of the boat. God, I'll trust you with some things, but I won't trust you with everything. Here's the thing, if you are finding yourself in this message at all, I want to encourage you. You're not alone in your faith struggles. You're not. Mark's Gospel, chapter 9, verse 22, we have a story of a dad who brings his son to Jesus to be healed. His son was possessed by a demonic spirit. In fact, the disciples tried to cast out the demon, but they're unable to do it. Jesus was somewhat frustrated with their lack of faith. I mean, the dad brings him to Jesus and he says, he says, but if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. I mean, Jesus looks at him and he says, I'm sorry, if you can do anything. I mean, I breathe the galaxies into being with a whisper and you're asking me if I can help your son. I mean, he goes on to say, anything is possible for one who believes immediately the boy's father exclaimed i do believe help me overcome my unbelief i mean i love this passage you know why my faith is imperfect it's flawed it's lacking and so is yours i love that in this scripture god's word gives me permission to believe in god and yet ask him to help me where i don't to ask him to help give me faith where I struggle trusting anyone but myself. He said, I believe, but would you help me overcome my unbelief? I want to trust you, and I sort of do, but I have a hard, really a hard time trusting you all the way. What I want to ask you to do today is to get honest. I want you to call it out. For every one of you listening to this message, there is something that you are just white-knuckling. You just cannot let go. I don't want to say it out loud. That would be awkward. But I want you to write it down. Write it down. I want you to grab a pen, grab your talk notes. I want you to write down this line. I don't fully trust God. And then fill in the blank. For some of you, it's easy. It's your kids, their present, their future. For some of you, you wake up every day battling fear and anxiety, and you have a hard time believing that bad things aren't going to happen that day, and that God is actually with you and for you, and he's got good things for you. Others, it's money. One of the reasons the Bible talks about money more than any other subject in the world is that it's the hardest thing to trust anyone else with. It's the highest rate of divorce. I trust you, God, but I can't release it. For others, it's an addiction that you think you can handle, but you cannot. What is it? Call it out, write it down, get a little courageous. Here's the thing. I deeply believe that honesty is the beginning of liberation. The Bible says that the truth of God will set us free. That's what God wants for us. It's for freedom that Christ has set us free. Yet so many of us are living in our own created prisons, holding back and hiding things from God that, frankly, he already knows we're hiding. 
You know, when I was going over this message, I was really praying, though, what is it for me that I struggle with? Because I look back on my life, and there's there's been seasons when I've struggled trusting God with pretty much everything. And there was a lot of times I struggled financially trusting God. And that's, you know, when I think about it, there's, there's a lot of different areas that I, it's hard to trust God. But I want to challenge you, whatever it is that you wrote on your line, have a little gut level courage to get honest about it, to talk about it, and to do something about it and give it to God. You know, how do we, I mean, I mean, with church, we've developed this wholehearted trust, not holding anything back. But I believe in the remainder of the time, that's what we're going to do. We're going to look at the passage of Scripture that I utterly misquoted at the beginning of this message, Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. I mean, if you got your Bible, get it out. It says this, trust the Lord with how much? With all your heart, your whole heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In how many of your ways? Every single one of them. Every struggle, your job, in your neighborhood, in your hobbies, in all your ways, the Bible says, submit to him. Other translations say acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. To apply this scripture to our lives, we've got to understand what does it mean? I think the most important word in this text is the word submit. In all your ways, submit or acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. The word comes from the Hebrew word yada, yada, not yoda, yada. What does it mean? I mean, it means coming to know and submit by observing, reflecting, and experiencing. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Everything about your life in all your ways, come to know and submit by observing and reflecting and experiencing Christ. Then he will make your path straight. He will not bring order to the chaos of your life until you yada him, until you know him. Here's the thing, this, this know, to know God here, the word used is to not intellectually, it's not the word that would be used to, that I know two plus two equals four. Totally a different Hebrew word. This Hebrew word, yada, for no, is the same word that's used in Genesis that says, Adam, yada, Eva, and she bore a child. It's not sexual, it's intimate. It's an experiential knowledge that's based on the contents of covenant and relationship. You know, when we yada God like that, God, I know you, I know your heart for me, I know your grace for me. I know that I can trust you more than I can trust myself. When I know him in that way, it takes to the decisions of our lives, the, the mistakes that we made, the crookedness of our journey. He makes it straight when we yada him. Here's what's funny. We have a tendency to want God to prove himself first. We kind of need the guarantee God, I want you to prove to me your faithfulness so that I can trust you. Don't we kind of do that? God, if you would just help me with land this promotion or this account, then I can serve you. Then I can know you're kind of with me. Okay, God, I'm, I'm thinking about tithing, but I got to know that I'm going to win Publishers Clearinghouse sweepstakes the moment I write my first tithe. If I know that's going to happen, then I can trust you. 
I want you to prove yourself so that I can trust you. It's not even trust. It's not. In fact, there's nothing in the Bible that actually says this is the way that God works. In fact, everything in Scripture says this is not how God works. What does God want? God wants us to trust Him. And if you're taking notes so that this, He wants you to trust Him so that He can prove Himself. It takes faith. In fact, Hebrews, Hebrews 11, faith is a confidence in what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us an assurance about the things we cannot see. You have to believe in that which you cannot prove so that it releases God to do what you could never do. You believe in what you cannot see so that God can do the supernatural. We trust in faith and then God responds miraculously. Faith always comes first. It is impossible to please God without faith. Impossible. It's impossible to please God without faith. It always comes first. You know, there's an amazing animal, the African impala. This animal can jump 10 feet high and running at a speed can jump a distance of over 30 feet. Yet this animal can be contained in any zoo with nothing more than a three foot tall solid wall. How on earth is that possible? Because it is in the instincts of the impala that it will never ever jump unless it can first see where its feet will land, ever. Many of us are that way. God, unless I know exactly how this is going to turn out, the thing is going to remain with me. Unless I know exactly what you're going to do, God, if I confess this sin, I got to know that I'm not going to lose my marriage on the other side. No guarantees. I have to trust without seeing. It seems like at, at times it's really hard, but not if you yada him. It's not hard at all. If you know him like that, we don't need to see where our feet will land because we know that he is with us. Here's the challenge. I want you to take a step in the next 40 hour, 48 hours, whatever you wrote on your line, whatever your issue is, whether it's finances, kids, your future, your health, whatever it is, I want you to take a step in the next 48 hours of releasing it to God. The moment you do that, you're going to discover three things about God. And I want you to write these things down. The first thing you're going to get to know is the goodness of God. The moment you step out in faith and believe and give him your whole heart, your whole life, you're going to discover the goodness of God. You're going to get to know, secondly, write this down, the love of God. Finally, you're going to get to know the faithfulness of God. Psalms 103 through 5, all of this is right in scriptures. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us and we are his. Say, come on, say that out loud. Wherever you're listening, we are his. You belong to him, people. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates, therefore, with thanksgiving in his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name for the Lord is good. You're going to get to know the goodness of God and his love endures forever. And you're going to get to know the love of God and his faithfulness 
continues through all generations. It's not even about just your life. It's about when you trust God with your whole heart and your whole life, your great, 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 great grandchildren will be different because of the heritage of faith that you started. His faithfulness continues through generations. When I trust him, when I step out in faith, and I believe. Hidden in this verse is the key to slaying the Christian atheist in each one of us. What is it? Enter his gates with thanksgiving. We are his sheep. He is our shepherd. I want you to ask you this. Do you know when in the Old Testament the sheep entered into the gate of the city? It was one time a year. There was one purpose that the sheep would enter into the gate of the city and go to the temple, and the purpose was sacrifice. The Bible says if we're his sheep and we are to enter into the gates with thanksgiving, but the sheep entered the gate gate to be sacrificed. Sacrifice doesn't sound entirely enjoyable. Why would I be thankful about that? Because when you yada God and your life becomes a living sacrifice and every part of you is his, nothing is off limits. You will get to know the goodness, the love, and the enduring faithfulness of God. Therefore, when we enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise, whatever it is that you have a hard time letting go of, you can trust him with it far more than you can trust yourself. Can we pray today? Right now, can you pray with me? Father, we just want to say thankfully for the miracle of your word. Thank you for your Holy Spirit that helps brings us to an understanding and application. I pray in this moment that you would give us courage to be honest with ourselves and with what we're holding back from full surrender to you. As we are in an attitude of prayer right now, I want to talk first to those of you who are followers of Jesus. I am somewhat certain that every single one of us has one area of our life that we're holding back from really giving it to God. I want to remind you what this dad said to Jesus. He said, God, I do believe, but would you help me overcome my unbelief? Maybe you're not even yet at a point where you've got the courage to fully release it to God, but maybe you're listening and your prayer is, God, I need you to give me faith in this area so that I can give it to you. Help me overcome my unbelief in this area. And Father, we just want to say we're sorry for not trusting you fully. We believe you are powerful. We believe that you are the same yesterday, today, and forever, that you have a purpose for our lives and that we can trust you with every area of our life. We believe, but help us, God. God, would you help us overcome our lack of faith and trust in you in these areas? God, that you bring our heart together with yours. And I thank you in advance, God, that what we're going to experience as we learn to release our trust with our whole heart, that we're going to learn your amazing love, your amazing faithfulness, and your amazing goodness. But Lord, help me, because I want to surrender it all to you. Whatever it is, whatever I surrender, Lord, my relationship, just with anything in my life, I hope, God, that you will take it and release your power, release your grace and mercy into it. Father, I thank you for each person listening today. I pray, Lord, that they would be just encouraged, they would be challenged, and they would be empowered to live their life in God mode, a life that is undefeated. 
because of what you did upon the cross. Lord, help each one of us today. We don't want to be Christian atheists, Lord. Help us in our unbelief and help us to trust you with every part of our life. In Jesus' name, God bless you. Thank you again for tuning in. Thank you for those down in Australia. I heard you just started to listen. Thank you, those there in many nations across the world. Thank you so much. I pray that each week your life is blessed. God bless you, and we will see you again next week. Thank you for listening to today's message. You can hear all of Pastor Chris's messages at www.godmode.life. Join us next week as we continue on in this series. Please leave a review of this podcast at podchaser.com.